Welcome back to another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I am your host, Ari Gronich. Remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, comment below. Anything that you have to say, good, bad, indifferent, we want to have the conversations. That's the whole important point. Let's have these conversations that create a new tomorrow today and move our country forward so we can activate our vision for a better world. Today, I have with me Steve Prentice. Steve is, you know, he works in the space where people and technology collide. He's got degrees in organizational psychology and journalism, and he focuses on the way humans work with or in spite of technological advances to help companies become more pragmatic in their usage. Steve, why don't you tell a little bit about your, your history and what got you in, interested in what you're doing and, uh, and how you became you? I just love technology and I love what it can do. My father was an engineer and even though I'm not, I still have that desire to see how things work, take them apart and bring them back together again. So when I was trying to uh, find work as a student in university, I uh, got a temp job and this was in the days when uh, DOS-based computers were the thing, before Windows, before the internet. And what I noticed was that um, people were having trouble with things such as uh, the F keys on the keyboard. It sounds very arbitrary right now, but what do those F keys mean? And if you go back, if you're as old as I am, you can remember when dealing with things like WordPerfect, these, these programs before Microsoft became uh, the ruler of everything. So I, I've created kind of a style and an ability to speak to write, to teach, and also to consult organizations, including for some very large, you know, huge, um, well-known high-tech firms on how to explain their technologies, you know, how to take concepts like artificial intelligence or facial recognition away from being simply a, a technological cool thing, factoring in the fear people may have about these technologies, uh, identity, privacy, or even jo job loss, and saying, how can we make these things mix together? And that's, that's really what I've been doing now for almost 30 years and it just keeps on happening and I just love it. Wow. Yeah. I, I happen to be old enough to remember word perfect word star, um, you know, writing code in basic and then DOS and uh, Harvard graphics. What was that? Harvard graphics. That was yeah. before PowerPoint. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, trying to create a game like pong, right. <laughs> Back in, in the days of, of the old green and orange monitors, things yeah. like that. Uh, actually, while I was going to school, one of the things that I did is I used to repair old 286SX computers, the ones that are massively huge and heavy. And uh, for some reason, I had a, a ability to figure out, having not known much at the time, which jumper was out of place and which one needed to be put back into place. But these days, I'll tell you the truth, my, my technological prowess has been uh, depleted into almost nothingness. And technology is moving at such a, an exponential rate that it makes it uh, difficult for my old fogey brain to, uh, to learn a new trick. So, you know, why don't you kind of give us a little bit about this current side of technology and 
maybe some ways either that people can understand it and actionably do it. Because for me, like I understand the concepts of what they say to do, but the technology and the integrations and the minutia are so unique that uh, I find that I think that a lot of people are having trouble reaching their goals simply because of the technology that they don't know how to use rather than not having products or services that are valuable and worthy of, of people finding out about them. Absolutely. I mean, here's, here's number one. Uh, we've, we've been going through an extremely tough year. We're, we're not out of the woods yet with regards to everything going on. And one of the, uh, the major offshoots, aside from the tragedy of this year, is uh, job losses and just, just people who have uh, had real trouble uh, just keeping afloat because of the changes in commerce. Now, one thing that I do say, and I was saying this even before the, the COVID uh, thing happened, was there's never been a better time to be at work right now, but there's also never been a better time to be out of work. And that sounds like a cynical statement, but it's not intended to be. What I'm saying here is that there's never been a better time to find new work. And uh, the mindset, you were talking about the old foggy brain a moment ago, and the mindset from let's say a couple of decades ago with regards to what a job was and what a career was, was largely focused on maybe staying with the same job for your entire career, uh, staying employable within a company. But we're now moving into an era where people of all ages are much more aware of their career mobility. We have the technologies, you know, the, the job sites, the websites, and the simple networking capacity for people to do so much more with themselves in terms of what they would like to do rather than what they think they should do. And so what I'm saying is when you tie you know, te technology and people and old mindsets and new mindsets together, what you're seeing is there's a remarkably great opportunity to take just a little bit, a little slice of what LinkedIn can offer and turn that into a key that opens a door for your future that you're much more in control of. And I think that's a very satisfying place to be. So that's one example. I, I'll pause for a second, but I have a second one coming up too. Well, I, <clears throat> I appreciate that. That's uh, It's good advice for, for people to remember that these platforms are really about relationship building versus, you know, cold selling. Absolutely. Uh, cold call selling was, was a thing, of course, we know that, and some people still do it. I used to teach courses in sales to a big bank, and I was shocked. This is only about 20 years ago, and I was shocked that they were still using 1950s concepts called smile and dial. You know, you, phone, you just have a list of numbers, you call them. And you expect a 98% rejection rate. You're doing well if you get two calls out of 100 that don't hang up on you. Now, is that really a way to do business? Wouldn't you rather have someone who says, hey, I'm looking for a good accountant. Can you recommend one? And when a trusted friend of mine says, yes, I know this person. Now I've got the word of mouth and the trust factor at a much higher level. And there are technologies that allow retailers to do that. For example, if you are a small business owner, a store owner, or if you own a larger store with lots of sales associates, what can you do to pull in the data that your customers may have entered into their profile on your website, uh, talking about the things that they like, what they love, uh, so that when you do speak to them? That's cool. And we've got this uh, situation going on right now in the world where the technology that we've been trusting to use and connect and network is beginning a systematic process of censorship and um, echo chamber algorithmic, you know, delivery systems that basically keep us 
inside of a bubble that is based on our preconceived notions. And, you know, we've, we're, we're basically in this very odd, strange place where most people don't even know where they've been taken to in the last five, 10 years. And on the level of uh, both technology and organizational psychology, that psychology part of how does one, you know, kind of step out of the matrix, so to speak, and yet still utilize the matrix for the benefit that it's, that is there without falling into the traps of it. Two word answer, critical thinking. People need to regain their capacity to think critically and think for themselves. What has happened over the last couple of decades is we have moved from a, a, a thinking society to exactly as you said, which is an echo chamber in which people seek out the news and the truth that matches their current biases. Uh, that could be a freedom of expression type concept, really. I want to seek out the news source that matches my political ideology. Okay, that's fair enough. But as a sort of a, a side story to illustrate this point, I come from England originally, and a lot of people who visit England are surprised, uh, or at least they were, in, again, in previous years, how well-educated the taxi drivers seem to be. You know, you could have a conversation with a cab driver in London, and that, that person will tell you anything and everything about whatever you want to know. In fact, the comedian George Burns once said, you know, it's amazing that uh, taxi drivers and barbers aren't running the world because they seem to know so much about everything. But what it came down to was an education system, not just on, only in the UK, but just, just in, in the times where it was okay to learn stuff more than just simply what was there for your job. You know, you might say, why does a taxi driver need to know about the, the Civil War, you know, the, the US Revolution, anything like that, the Revolutionary War? Knowledge is a powerful thing. The enjoyment of knowledge, the learning, the capacity to think and see both sides is the kind of stuff that has been lost as we have channeled our way into Exactly that, individual channels of enjoyment. Yeah, so <clears throat> in my book, A New Tomorrow, I talk a lot about critical thinking, common sense, and um, recognizing the butterfly effect or cause and effect in general, and how the, the consequences to our actions don't just stop with the direct consequence, but there's a consequence to the consequence to the consequence to the consequence, and et cetera. And um, in some ways, we need to get back to a place where common sense, critical thinking is common again, because right now it's, it's not common. But at the same time, I also talk about the things like the poisons that are in our air and our water and the neurotoxic abilities of those, that chemistry to affect whether we can cognitively think and critically think um, as well as we used to be, or if that's being suppressed via some of those chemicals. And like one of those chemicals is fluoride in our water does absolutely zero good, but it was originally used by the war machine in, um, in Germany to control the minds of the soldiers so that they were easily programmable. And all of a sudden, like mid-1940s, all of a sudden, we're putting it now in our water here in the United States and, and claiming that it's going to help with our teeth when we, we know that, scientifically speaking, you have, 
have a, a different form of fluoride and it has to be a direct application of this different form in order for it to do any benefit for our teeth. But that's not the only thing that's a neurotoxin that's kind of causing this situation of, of lack of critical thinking, lack of common sense. What have you found as a psychologist, you know, basically difference between 20 years ago and today in the ability to have common sense and critical thinking in, in the population? Have you, have you found that it's had a significant drop or a minor drop or, you know, what have you found? I don't see that it's had a drop or an increase. I think we have just simply expanded logarithmically the volume of everything. If you go back 20, 30, 40, 100 years, you're still going to have organizations that have a vested interest in suppressing the truth. Uh, you know, there, the Photoshop you know, is a new technology, but faking photographs has been around since photographs existed. Uh, the concepts like fluoride or sodium in the water, uh, suppressing the information for situations like Love Canal and, and other places where you know, lots of industrial dumping went on. Um, organizations have always continued to suppress the capacity to find the truth. I'm not saying suppress the truth, but suppress people's capacity to find the truth. You know, in the era where we had three or four major television channels and we had trusted news readers like Walter Cronkite, it was that was the target was, was how to manage that particular narrow flow of information. But now in this age, of course, you know, as we've seen with the rise of some large social media platforms, anybody can post anything and, and basically generate a circle of followers very, very easily. So the, the problem has magnified exponentially as, you know, and in league with the opportunities for us to uh, use the technologies for our own devices. So yeah, it really hasn't changed you know, in, in terms of additional subtraction, just simply expansion. Uh, but I always say that everybody's got the, the, the knowledge of the world at their fingertips, literally. I mean, your phone can find you anything you want to find. Um, just choosing one source of knowledge is going to, uh, once again, keyhole you into one particular line of thinking. So we have that opportunity to think critically using our devices to say, okay, if someone tells me about a particular city or town or situation going on, how many uh, areas, how many different directions can I actually find that information from and, and, you know, come to my own educated conclusion. So no, I haven't seen it change. I've just seen it expand in scope, if you know what I mean, same level, just louder. And, uh, but we now have much more opportunity to, to fix that problem as individuals. Uh, and it, it's quite a pleasurable experience just going online and seeing what I can learn from different sources before coming to a conclusion. How can people get a hold of you, Steve, if, if uh, they're interested in their company or, or them as individuals bridging those gaps between uh, technology and, and the people? Well, I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to say that, Ari. Um, you can reach me at steveprentice.com. And it's just uh, it's, it's Steve, P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E, like ICE. Dot com And uh, that explains everything. In fact, you know what, uh, just as a tail end to what you're saying there, I don't even give up uh, my, my business card now, when I give out business cards is that that's all, all that's on there. No phone number, no fax number, no address, nothing. It just simply it just says steveprentice.com. And people look at me kind of strangely and say, is this it? Is this your business card? I say, yeah, everything you need to know about me is there. That's all you need. Awesome. Thank you so much, Steve. And, uh, you know, this has been an interesting and uh, 
eye-opening conversation. I hope that you guys got a lot out of it because, you know, these are, these are the tough conversations that go along with morality and technology and systems and how we work with them so that we can create a better world, not just more of the world that we have right now. So we want to create a new tomorrow today. We want to activate your vision for a better world. And uh, remember to rate, like, subscribe, review, comment below so we can continue on this conversation. And uh, until then, I bid you really interesting dreams thinking about technology and your body combining. For now, we are out. See you next time.